Do you owe $10,000 or more on at least two federal student loans? Then you may qualify for new programs offered by the Department of Education. These programs can reduce your interest, lower your payments, and possibly qualify you for loan forgiveness. If you have $10,000 or more and at least two federal student loans and currently not in school, you may qualify for one of these programs. Call now to check your eligibility. Student loan advisors are standing by to help you determine if you qualify for these new programs. They can help you reduce your interest, lower your payment, and even forgive a portion of your student loan debt. Take control of your financial future. Make this free five-minute free call now to Nationwide Student Loans and learn how you can reduce your student loan debt. 800-439-7851 You guys, it's Rick Tittle! Okay, thank you for that, and welcome to another live edition of Titillating Sports. I am your humble host, Rick Tittle, coming to you from my house here in the East Bay Hills, San Francisco Bay. What is going on? Dominic Jimenez at the controls over in our studios there. It would be nice if we could all get vaccines and get the band back together. I don't know, maybe this summer if we all make it, knock on wood. But until then, we will continue the sports talk as we are set up here with two cans and some string. And you may participate at the toll-free line, which is, don't write it down, dial it up, 1-800-878-PLAY. Once again, 800-878-7529. That is what will get you heard, not just coast to coast, but around the world. Yeah, that's right. Because I'm proud and privileged to be on the American Forces Radio Network. 500 outlets in 177 countries ships at sea and who knows maybe it's 178 176 some of these countries they i mean what happened with south sudan huh i thought it was the sudan and it's not even north sudan and south sudan it's just sudan and south it's kind of like west virginia there's no east virginia huh there is a south tallahassee Listen to Aerosmith. Anyway, 1-800-878-PLAY. Tune in app, iHeartRadio app, Stitcher app, or also apropos ways of listening to the show. We are on CRN Digital Plus 2. That's the cable radio network channel. 235 million homes. Homes near cable provider. I have a dish. All right. Well, you're SOL. Also, um, how about social media? How about it? It sucks. No, but we're on Titillating Sports with Rick Tittle on the Facebook page. The Twitter is at Rick Tittle. Did you have a good President's Day? Did you bow down to William Howard Taft or William Henry Harrison? Neither? That's okay. If you want to tweet at me, by the way, it's at Rick Tittle. We'll listen that way. Oh, we got so many great guests. I'm Rick Tittle. Come on, buddy. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. 
It's O'Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts, which means you'll save money and reach your next reward even faster. Earn double O'Rewards Points on five parts of Mobile One Full Synthetic Motor Oil, just $28.95, and get a $10 gift card after mail-in rebate. Collect 150 points and get a $5 reward. Don't miss O'Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Do you own a timeshare but can't use it because of travel restrictions, a change in life circumstances, or perhaps you can no longer afford the monthly payments or annual maintenance fees? If you feel stuck or just need to get out of your timeshare, Newton Group is here for you. They are the nation's oldest timeshare relief company, which means you can trust them. Read the reviews. They have an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau, 4.7 out of 5 stars on Trustpilot, and a proven track record to legally relieve you from the financial burden of your timeshare. Getting out of your timeshare can be tricky business, so it's important you go with a company you can trust. And nobody, I mean nobody, has more experience than the experts at Newton Group. For your free consultation and your free consumer's guide to timeshare exit, call 877-WE-DO-EXIT. That's 877-WE-DO-EXIT. Why pay for something you aren't using? Give us a call at 877-WE-DO-EXIT or visit newtonexit.com today. I'm going to tell you how you can get real health care for as little as $6 a day. Yes, now you can get affordable health care for you and your family immediately and save as much as 50% off your current monthly health care payments. Our plans are perfect for people that are self-employed, can't afford health benefits where they work, or just want to pay less for their current health care. And coverage is guaranteed regardless of your medical condition. We even offer some of the new Christian faith-based health benefits. Save up to 50% on your family's health care. Make a free quick call now. There are no contracts and we give you a 10-day money-back trial period. Call Provision Enrollment right now for your risk-free guaranteed health insurance quote starting at $6 a day. 800-472-5145. 800-472-5145. That's 800-472-5145. If you owe the IRS back taxes, don't worry. There's a bright side. The experts at brightsidetaxrelief.com will protect you from having your wages garnished, money deducted from your bank account, and your home or business seized. Brightsidetaxrelief.com will fight the IRS and negotiate to reduce or eliminate the amount you owe. Visit brightsidetaxrelief.com or call 800-730-4313. That's 800-730-4313. The consultation is free. Go to brightsidetaxrelief.com. Now, titillating sports with Rick Tittle. Rick Tittle is a genius, the best show ever. He's so wonderful, genius, the best show ever. He's so wonderful, titillating sports with Rick Tittle. Rick Tittle is a he's so handsome, he's a genius. Hey, thank you for that, and welcome back to the show. Great to have you with us. 1-800-878-PLAY. 1-800-878-7529. You know, uh, uh, not to get uh, too spacey, but uh, as we all know, none of us know how long we're going to be on this planet, and tomorrow isn't guaranteed to any of us, and, and all that stuff, and 
If you uh, uh, also want to um, and I'll chime in on this, I'd love to hear from you as well. But, uh, you know, over the years, I've been working in broadcasting now over 30 years. And, and you know, people pass on. That's what happens. As I said, we don't, tomorrow isn't promised to any of us. But um, and I've talked to a lot of people who are no longer have gone to the reward, but it was real, really a kick in the pants to hear that Vincent Jackson passed away yesterday. And just 38 years old, and the investigation into what happened is still ongoing. There was a statement released by Hillsborough County Sheriff's Office that he was found at the Homewood Suites in Brandon, Florida, around 11.30 a.m. local time yesterday, and there were no signs of trauma. The sheriff said, my heart aches for the many loved ones Vincent Jackson leaves behind from his wife and children to the Buccaneers Nation that adored him. Mr. Jackson was a devoted man who put his family and community above everything else. Football aside, he touched countless lives through his action Jackson and Action 83 Foundation, we shared a passion for supporting military families, and three years ago, Jackson was even made an honorary deputy by the Hillsbury County Sheriff's Office to recognize his dedication to the community. He'll be sorely missed by not only football fans across the country, but also people here in Hillsborough County who reap the benefits of his generous contributions. Now... As a Raider fan, I definitely knew who he was because he tortured us when he was with the Chargers for many years. And then he went on to the uh, Buccaneers and was very good over there. He had over 9,000 receiving yards in his career. He had just about 17 yards per catch, and that's 540 receptions. Think about that. 540 catches, averaging nearly 17 yards per catch. Went over 1,000 in receiving, six seasons, three Pro Pro Bowls. In 2012, he led the league with over 19 yards per catch. And if you think about uh, his time uh, for yards per catch, he led all of the NFL for basically a decade. The Chargers put out their statement, basically to paraphrase, shocked and saddened, fan favorite. Great work he did with military families. Uh, we know how big San Diego is with the military down there, with Pendleton, with the Marines, and the naval base there. Uh, the Bucks owner, Brian Clazier, who also owns Maine United, of course, he said during his five seasons with our franchise, Vincent was a consummate professional, dedicated father, husband, businessman, philanthropist, unyielding advocacy for military families, uh, he said maybe his greatest achievement as a buck were four consecutive nominations for Walter Payton, Man of the Year from our team. Um, Jackson, by the way, fourth all-time in Tampa Bay's all-time receiving yards list. He has the Buccaneers' individual record for receiving yards in a game, 216. He has the team record for longest catch in a game, 95 yards against the Saints in 2012. He's also 10th on Chargers' all-time list. And, of course, there's going to be more on that list. It's an older team with AFL roots when they would really gun it out. 
But uh, he is third in franchise history in his yards uh, per catch. This was a guy all coming out of the Northern Colorado Rams program. Where's that? Fort Collins. <clears throat> and up there, he was their all-time leader in everything. Receptions, receiving yards, kick return yards, punt return yards, touchdowns. And he retired three years ago. But anyway, back um, uh, over five years ago now, when I did uh, Radio Row, um, which was something that I'll never get to do again, to be in my hometown and literally to take BART and go into the Moscone Center and, and every single broadcaster um, on the planet who could get in was in there. But it was just a nonstop uh, parade of guests. And with this show's... Um, and this network, I should say, relationship with American Forces and with USAA. I'm a member of USAA, as my dad retired a lieutenant commander from the Navy. And uh, so I get the benefit of my dad's hard work <laughs> in the military to be a USAA member. By the way, USAA was only open to officers and their families until like six months ago. Now, if you're a buck private, you can get it, which I think is pretty cool. I remember a lot of people saying, hey, can I, I go, what, what, what rank was your dad, corporal? Nope, you're out. Well, everybody can get it now. But anyway, every year, <clears throat> USAA sends us a lot of good guests. They sponsored me more than once in Philadelphia um, at the Army-Navy game. It's the only time in my life I've flown into a town on someone else's dime. And when I get there, there's the guy with the limo driver with the little hat holding the sign with my name on it. I've never had that happen before. That's all USA. They they just do you up with the. This is before COVID, obviously, but the parties and the dinner and the radio. Love doing Radio Row in Philly. In fact, um, I had Roger Staubach in person twice on Radio Row, but that wasn't the first time. The first time I had Roger Staubach on Radio Row was at that Super Bowl Fifty, and he was there, as he was in Philly, on behalf of USAA. And with him was the USAA Salute to Service winner, who I usually interview every year, but it was in person this time. And it was Vincent Jackson. And he sat down with us, and he was going through the rounds, um, but he talked about how both his parents were in the military, and uh, that was his charity, and he just you know, really supported our men and women in uniform. And... Um, Anyway, we, then we took a picture, and uh, I almost didn't put it up because that's when I was fat. But anyway, I put it up, and it's just, it's sad because Staubach and I, I mean, it was an honor for me even to, you know, do an interview with Roger Staubach. If you're my age, and if you're any age, you know what Captain America means to not just the Cowboys, but to football in general. And he's such a gentleman, and of course, Roger Staubach went to the United States Naval Academy. But it's, I remember Jackson, he was very friendly, and he, he seemed like his mind was on something else. Like, And I remember this distinctly. I would ask him a question, and his eyes were kind of had this thousand yards there, and he went, oh, yeah, and he would answer it, and then he would start thinking of something again. And I remember thinking, something's on his mind. It's not just one of those things where he was going from, you know, I'm sure he did 12 interviews that day. And he went from me for 10 minutes over to CBS, to ESPN, to Fox, whatever, wherever he was going. You know, KMBR. He just was going station to station. 
But I just remember it looked like something was on his mind. And then when I heard he died, and I thought, is, what, you know, was there something going on with him? And, and he just seemed distracted. And I hope there was nothing going on. I hope he didn't kill himself. <laughs> Look, I hope no one killed him. It's just tragic all around. They said he's only 38, and he just he helped so many people. And according to everyone, is is a great dad and a great husband. According to everyone, I don't know, but it's just I don't know. That one was a kick in the crotch. It really was. R.I.P. Vincent Jackson. All right, I'm Rick Tittle. We'll take a quick break. Come on back on Sports Button. Now you can make your home look great and save money. Right now, when you call Renewal by Anderson, you can buy four windows and get the fifth one free. Plus, you get 12 months with no interest, no money down, and no payments. Upgrade your home. Buy four windows and get the fifth one free. Installation and warranty are even included. And the Renewal by Anderson certified retailers take every safety precaution to protect you and your family. Hey, for 25 years, People have trusted Renewal by Anderson for their window replacement needs, and you can too. So call right now. Don't wait. Learn how to get your free window when you buy four. 800-413-6992. 800-413-6992. That's 800-413-6992. Interest accrues from date of purchase, but is waived if paid in full within 12 months. Other conditions apply. We've adjusted our operations to serve you safely following all CDC guidelines. Visit RenewalByAnderson.com for details. I don't even recognize myself anymore. I'm really worried about him. His addiction. I haven't seen him like this. Ever. Hey, look, I I never wanted to start using. I I knew the drill, but I was out of options. I I just want to tell him it's not your fault. There are people out there who can help. People who have felt your pain. They know what you're going through. This has to stop. I'm losing everything. Everyone. You've been strong your whole life. You can do this, but you have to reach out for help. It's time. I can do this. Addiction is a disease, and diseases need treatment. Call Quit Drugs 321 now at 800-338-6906. 800-338-6906. That's 800-338-6906. Paid for by the Detox and Treatment Helpline. Hey, travelers, do you want to save money on your next flight? Then pick up the phone and call. That's right, call, because the best prices are not online. They're with SmartFares. See, SmartFares has special deals with the airlines. When they have unsold seats, they use SmartFares to fill them. So you get airline tickets at ridiculously low prices. Our prices are too low to publish online. With the extra money you'll save, you can book another trip or treat yourself to dinner or shopping. So stop searching all of those travel sites to find the lowest price on your next flight. Let one of our SmartFares expert travel agents find ridiculously low prices for you. Call SmartFares today and get the best price on your next flight. Guaranteed. 
Also, save up to 50% off business and first-class tickets. 855-325-1780. 855-325-1780. That's 855-325-1780. Where did you get those clothes? At the toilet store? I'm so disgusted by Rick Tittle that I find him very intoxicating. Well, uh, whatever works. I call it the Harvey Keitel effect. Thank you for that, and uh, welcome back to the show. If you'd like to call in, now would be a good time. Um, coming up in the next segment, we'll have Karen Lyle and Christopher Kane with our SalesforceTalk.com segment. We'll get an update on the America's Cup. And New Zealand doing so well with uh, Jacinda and company, they went back to a little bit of a lockdown with COVID. <clears throat> so we'll see uh, what's going on down there. We'll get an update, uh, as I mentioned, in the next segment. Other than that, the 10 o'clock hour is, uh, I have a lot of guests booked, and uh, in the third hour, I have three guests booked as well. I think only one more open statement, so if you want to chime in today's show, don't be shy. Do it now. A 1-800-878-PLAY. So this next little bit did not cause news outside of really Alameda and Contra Costa County, and that is that uh, the A's... (laughs) over the weekend who uh, haven't really <clears throat> spent a dime made three moves to bolster their bullpen. The first one was to bring in Adam Kolarik, who is not a bad reliever. Um, they paid the price with Sheldon Noisy, who's our, I say ours, a A's fan, but the A's fifth uh, prospect, uh, a guy who can really rake in the minors, and I think he's going to be Max Muncy 2.0. Um, but we'll see what happens there. As I said, Cleric is actually pretty good um, and has a few more years. But then they also this weekend uh, signed Ismero Petit to a $2.5 million deal. And the thing I don't understand about Ismero Petit is why he is so undervalued. This is a guy who only threw a no-hitter for the Giants as a starter. And if you think about last year, he... I mean, he's a rubber-armed guy. No one has made a more appearances in the bigs in the last five years. He had a 1.66 ERA. And his last three years with the A's, he has a combined 273. <clears throat> a 2.73. And yet, he was listed on uh, top free agent list, Baseball America's top 100. He was listed as 56th on the free agent market. In fact, he was listed well behind relievers Trevor Rosenthal, Shane Green, Tyler Clippard, Tony Watson. He was even listed way behind possible reliever Trevor Cahill. There's just something, I don't know if he's, I mean, he's a big guy. Is he not flashy enough? But that was a... And look, he'll eat some innings without humiliating it. We can all eat innings. I can go out there and pitch you to a 75.34 ERA if you want me to eat some innings for you. 
But as I said, an ERA under three, and he just was out there in the wind and said, okay, I'll come back. But the one that had me thrown up in my mouth was that they brought in Sergio Romo. And first of all, I'm not a Giants hater. I admire the Giants. I grew up in a house with two parents and both my grandmothers, born and raised in the East Bay. And the Giants were my parents' team for 10 years until the A's came out. And being their Oakland people, they, of course, the A's became their favorite team in the late 60s. And then the A's, of course, had uh, unprecedented success uh, for a while. But my parents always still liked the Giants. And so in my, I never did. I didn't hate them. I just, there's not, I can't have two favorite teams. But in my house, if the A's weren't on, and it was rare, a baseball game was even on TV when I was a kid, but the Giants would be on. And every year, even all through the 90s when I worked Giants TV games, I would always go to Candlestick a couple times a year just to see National League Baseball. This was before interleague play. And it was just kind of cool. I'll go see the Dodgers of Sachs, Russell, Lopes, and Say. Um, You know, I'll go see the Willie Stargell Pirates. Whatever it was, it was just cool to see see the Giants. And then the Giants... Um, you know, they were as close to moving as can possibly happen. I mean, they were sold to Tampa Bay before Bill White. Remember when we used to have league presidents? We don't have those anymore. When Faye Vincent, who was the last real commissioner, the palace coup where the generals came in and installed one of their own, the Brewers owner, as the commissioner. But anyway, we had a, uh, Bill White was president of the National League. He goes, wait, 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 Bob Lurie. I know you've, you're 0 for 3 on the stadium uh, deals and you're fed up and Wally Haas, uh, even though he gave you the South Bay, remember the Santa Clara one, Santa Clara County, each household would be charged $1 and it went down in flames. I'm not paying a dollar to get the giants down here. I think that was the funniest one. If you want to know about California, you, they, Californians, we will not build a stadium for you. If you want to do it with your own money, Californians will still fight you. Even the Giants, that barely got passed. We'll build it with our own money. No. <laughs> Even when the A's, we'll build this site here by Lake Merritt. We'll turn Laney College into the greatest junior college in the United States. No. Sports fans. Ew. Big dumb gorillas urinating in the streets. You're all drunk. <laughs> anyway, I digress. <laughs> so <clears throat> what I'm trying to say is, I don't, I, I try to remind everyone, and I, I used to do it all the time on 95.7 FM, that the A's and Giants are not rivals, and the Raiders and Niners are not rivals, and people used to blow their cork. And I go, okay, well, if they're rivals for your dollar, that's true to the impartial fan. The impartial fan who works hard all week, wants to take his kids to the game, and he's got to realize he's paying $40 for parking before he even goes in. He'd rather see a team that's good than one that doesn't care. And it's so funny because... In the 80s, the A's had the highest payroll, 3 million fans, and the Giants were the blue-collar team. That's where the hard-working guy is. And now, it's, of course, now the Giants are the corporate team with the wine sippers and the breeders, and the A's are the, they're the blue-collar team. Green-collar baseball. So, uh, anyway, with uh, the advent of social media, these teams somehow became rivals. 
and they play not only different uh, uh, divisions, but different leagues. Now, six times a year, about, sometimes four, but usually about six times a year, uh, they'll play each other. But other than that, I admire the Giants' uh, ambition and paying, overpaying for guys like Pence and Pagan and Scudero and Belt and whatever. Like, well, uh, we'll lock you up forever. Here's money. We want to keep this window open. And, um, you know, it's, uh, I admire him. But I never liked Sergio Romo. He just got under my skin. Now, I, many times, and I'm sure this has happened to you before, many times you'll have someone that you didn't like. I didn't hate Sergio Romo. There are guys that I hated that came to the, the Raiders, like Lyle Alzado. And he said, I hated the Raiders so much after being a donkey that I put on my Raider helmet and it popped off. I never liked Bill Romanowski. If you had told me that I would be doing shows, not just with him, but with his wife at once a week for an entire year, and that Romo and I would work on Raiders pre and post together, I, I wouldn't have believed you because he was just, you know, he to me, I always think of Bill Romanowski as a niner. Um, I don't think I don't think anybody thinks of him as an eagle. I'm sure people in Denver think of him as a Bronco. I, I to me, he'll always be a Niner. But whatever. Um, you have guys. I mean, th- I think probably the one that I hated the most was Tony Larusa <clears throat> coming to the A's. I thought I can't. I won't be able to watch the team this year. When back with the old ALS, which had the Royals and the Twins and the White Sox, before we split into six divisions. And he was a manager. I mean, this is Hawk Harrelson running. Talk about just guys you hate. And I've had Hawk on the show, but Hawk Harrelson running the White Sox with Tony Larusa. <clears throat> he had those stupid Logan runs, Logan's run hats with the just said socks on a white front and the Bermuda shorts. And he had the little Dutch boy haircut. He had this little like Amelie page girl hair sticking out of the side of his hat, covering his ears. And he would moan and cry about everything. And then when, uh, who was it, Jackie Morris got fired, they said, oh, Tony La Russa, they saw him at the Oakland airport. And I thought, oh, no, 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 anyone. I'll take Charles Manson over that guy. And of course, Tony La Russa is now in the Hall of Fame. By the way, back with the White Sox. And he brought three pennants and a World Series championship. So, uh... I would like to see Romo win me over, uh, but this guy doesn't have good numbers. His ERA is north of four. He was good with the Giants. You might remember he got the final out of a World Series and pumped his fists and everything. But I have to get over the fact that, I mean, some people just rub you the wrong way, right? He, I never liked the guy, um, but it's not because he was a giant. Um, I don't know. It's just maybe that's, maybe I'll, maybe I'll like him. Maybe I will. But the fact of the matter is, the A's are, no offense to use Meryl Petit, but the A's are just going to the bottom of the garbage bin looking for a free chicken bone to eat for dinner. On that happy note, Salesport Talk on the other side. Come on back. I 
of Salesport Talk. I'm with Leah Jones to talk about the music video of her song Under Sail, which was shot on my boat Sandpiper on the San Francisco Bay. Well, the song that you recorded was beautiful. You composed that song. Can you tell us a little bit about the inspiration? Well, the inspiration comes from absolute devastation of losing one of my best friends, uh, Captain Robert McCreary. There's a nice dedication for him at the very end of the video um, that we shot on your boat. But Captain Bob, or I called him Bobby, was one of my best friends, and we've known each other since college, and we spent more time on the bay than we did on land. And when he passed away in 2000, and 18, I wanted to write a song that would matter to his friends and family, and we had his memorial on Angel Island, and I got to sing that for the first time a couple years ago. Here is Jeff DeSera, the vocalist and guitarist. Jeff, tell us what that experience was like for you, sailing and singing and putting that all together. Oh, it was wonderful. It was definitely, it was a lot of fun you know, putting the song together and then planning the video shoot. It was just a beautiful day on the bay. It was just such a wonderful experience. Dan, the filmmaker, was very professional. He got some great footage of, of the trip out. We even captured some drone footage. Thanks, Jeff. Here's Dan Folds, the videographer. Tell us a little bit about the experience of filming on the boat. The experience out filming on the boat was interesting. It's definitely a challenging environment being such a small space. And if you're focused too much on the camera and take a wrong step, you could end up in the water. So um, it's definitely a different environment that I'm used to working in. But the challenge was fun, and we captured, I think, a lot of good imagery that kind of encapsulated the story of Captain Robert and of Leah's song, of the the, the music-making process, too. Thanks, Dan. Here is the saxophone player, Mark Costanzo. Now, you didn't actually get to come sailing with us, but where did the video take place of your saxophone? Because it was overlaid into the video, and it was just lovely. I loved the visuals on that. Yeah, thank you. Well, there's a park. I think it's called Cesar Chavez Park, right at the Berkeley Marina. So that's where we decided to meet. That's where they met, actually, to go on the boat as well. But we met, and from there, we, we did a lot of video, and it was really nice because we're right on the berm, right right at the, the rock wall of the bay. So really good shots of boats and, and the rest of the, the bay behind us. It was a perfect spot, and it was a gorgeous day. See Leah Jones' video on salesporttalk.com. That's salesporttalk.com. If it's Tuesday, it must be Belgium, and it also must be Christopher Cross and our SalesportTalk.com segment. We have our friend, the America's Cup expert, Christopher Kane, in studio, and we'll get to him in a second. Karen Lyle, my normal co-host, what's going on? You're saying hi and bye, Karen? Well, you know, last week I got a chance to talk to you about America's Cup, and Christopher was left out. So this time I thought I would turn it to the two of you because he has some things to say. There's a lot happening. And you're hanging up, or you're with us? Oh, I well, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna be listening to you, but I'm gonna hang up and let the two of you take it because he's in studio. All right, I'll do as I am told. That was Karen <laughs> Lyle, and uh, it is now just me and Christopher Kane in studio. So, Christopher, uh, as I mentioned a little bit earlier, I heard uh, in light of the government's level three uh, lockdown, which just came 
in the last couple days, and so they've pushed some races back, and they've I guess they've temporarily closed the America's Cup Village. What's going on down there in Oakland, New Zealand? Uh, yeah, so, I mean, welcome to New Zealand, where they take this seriously. Uh, family got COVID. They shut the whole place down. Uh, but the, the happiest people in, in, in New Zealand about this are probably the British, who are just getting stomped by the Italians right now. What, give us a little update on uh, how we're looking so far with uh, the uh, those two teams. Obviously, with people who missed it, the Americans are officially out. And it's down to the U.K. and the Italian teams to see who will race the holders, the New Zealand team. Exactly. Yeah, it, it was, uh, you know, I, I think one of the, there were some interesting things this weekend. First off, for two boats whose designs are really quite different in, in their design philosophies. It, it turns out these two boats are actually pretty closely matched. So it comes down to tactics. It comes down to strategy on the water. And what we saw Saturday from the Italian boat, from uh, Francesco Bruni and Jimmy Spithill, who are the, the leaders on that boat, uh, was really a, a master class in, in competitive sailing um, on how you control another boat around the race course and, and unlike other sports, you know, you're trying to make your boat go as fast as possible. That that's pretty easy to understand. And, and you're trying to put yourself in the best position against the other boat. That's pretty easy to understand. But the third factor that is unique to sailing is you also have to figure out what's going on with the wind and the course. And, and maybe the wind is going to trump those other two things. It, it'd be if, if you're uh, stepping up to the plate at Oracle park for your second at bat, and you look into left field, and now the green monster is in left field. So now you got to change your bat. The next time you come up, the green monster is gone, but now Triple's Alley has disappeared. Every time you come up to the plate, the, the field has changed, the geometry has changed, and, and that's sailing. Every time the wind changes, every time it moves, every time it grows or dies, that changes your playing field. And what the Italians really excelled at was you know, in, in micro moments deciding is the wind in the course more important right now or is staying on top of our competitor more important? And they juggled that across those two courses almost to perfection. I mean, the America's Cup should take those two races, make a video and sell it to every sailing school in the world because it was a master class in tactics. I guess with that baseball analogy, you could say the mast is Pesky's pole, right? <laughs> Yeah, it, it, it's tough because, you know, it, it, in match racing, and, and again, to explain it, in most sailing regattas, there's lots of boats out there. If you go grab a ride from the San Francisco Yacht Club and get on a boat on a Saturday, there's going to be dozens of boats out on the water. And in the America's Cup, it's a match race. There's only two boats. So not surprisingly, if you're in the lead, your number one responsibility is to stay between that boat and the next mark. As long as you're in front, it doesn't matter if you're two feet in front or 2,000 feet in front, you're still going to win. But sometimes the wind becomes so much of an advantage that gives you such a leverage that you actually ignore the other boat. And, and that happened in the second race where during one leg, the Italians were, were very dutiful in, in matching every turn the British boat did and staying between them and, and, and basically being a nuisance. But the next time they went down the exact same leg, the winds had changed. And the winds had shifted and made it easier for them to sail pretty much directly at the next mark. So they ignored the British boat, let them wander off, and their their velocity made good. Their their gain they were making on that mark was so high that they wound up getting a huge advantage. But that's tough because as a skipper, you're constantly juggling, should I be paying attention to my boat speed? 
Should I be paying attention to where I am in relationship to the other boat, or should I be paying attention to what's happening with the course and the wind? And and the Italians didn't make a mistake. As we know, the Italian team swept American Magic, and now with the Italian team with four wins already, first to seven goes on. Um, you know, I was kind of embarrassed that Americans couldn't even get one win. But now, as you said, the way they're crushing the UK team, I think there has to be fear in the English-speaking world because they're just uh, they're in a different class, even though these boats, as you said, look very, very, very similar. So how is it that these Italians cannot lose a race? Well, it comes down to, and this is always the challenge, and this is sort of like Formula One, too. Are you trying to maximize the boat you have or are you trying to get more out of the boat? It's like a Formula One. You know, do, do, you, do you go for that extra wing and change the dynamics, or do you just try and maximize your driver for that car as it is? And the Americans obviously had a crash and almost sunk their boat. So they had two weeks where their boat was basically in the shed. They couldn't get time on the water with their boat. The British, uh, because they didn't have to race against somebody because they won the previous uh circuit so easily, they actually went straight through to the finals and let the Italians and the Americans fight it out. They actually worked on their boat as well. The boat that has spent the most competitive time on the water actually sailing the boat is the Italians. And I think that has actually been their big advantage is they've got the most time on water of the remaining boats. And and I think that at the end of the day, that's why they're reading things better. That's why they're picking up which side of the course to be on faster. I think they've just had more time on the water, in their boat, to, to understand how to maximize its potential. It's Tuesday. It's our weekly look at salesporttalk.com's uh, coverage of the America's Cup. Christopher Kane is with us. Rick Tittle with you. A couple more questions for Christopher. I saw that the pre-start area in the fourth race over the weekend, that both boats hit 46 knots. And that <laughs> one really dropped, uh, dropped my jaw because... I think about how hard it is to get to 46 knots when you have a, uh, a a motor. What is the record? Because I cannot believe anything blown by the wind can get up to 46 knots. Well, well, the record is both a good thing and a bad thing. The record was set by the Americans right before they crashed, and it was 51 knots, um, which is, for, for those, that that's over 55 miles an hour in a boat, which is <laughs> just insane. And, yeah, you see those entry speeds. It was fun, too. You mentioned the pre-start. Uh, the first couple of races, the races were the, the winds were pretty light, and the boats were frankly more concerned with staying on the foils than they were kind of getting at each other. But the second day of races and those pre-starts, you saw them get in each other's faces and and start doing the things we expect from an America's Cup pre-start, which is trying to foul each other, trying to get the other boat to fall off its foils, basically just just being as much of a nuisance as humanly possible before the start. And and the Italians faked out the uh, British so badly in the second race of the second day that the British almost crashed their boat as well. They came out of the water, and for a second there, everyone had flashes of American magic, but they, they got it back under control and were off, off and running. But it, it's fun now. The winds are going up, and, and you're seeing— I mean, there's one thing Jimmy Spittle, the, the, one of the two skippers for the Italian boat, is known for. It's his pre-start, and he just doesn't lose pre-starts, and— in a race where these boats are this close in terms of performance, winning that start gives you huge leverage to then play your tactics across the course. Jimmy Spittle, no relation to Rick Tittle, by the way. Um, the terminology, Christopher, help me with this. I, I read that in the fourth race uh, that uh, Ineos Team UK 
right at the beginning try to gamble by it says gaining an advantage to leeward by getting a hook, but yep. their gamble failed. What does that mean, getting a hook? So, so th- there, there's a couple basic meta rules about boats uh, and who has a right of way. So when when boats are are coming at each other from opposite directions, the boat on starboard has the right of way, and when the boats are on the same direction, the boat further away from the wind, which is the leeward boat, has the right of way. So the boat, if you will, underneath the other boat. And the sailing rules are based on, you know, the, the boat with more wind has more control. So it's it's up to them to kind of be out of the way. And a hook is where the boat, one of the boats will slide underneath the other boat and then come up really fast. And that boat above them has to give way. And that's a hook where it's kind of like a J maneuver where you push them. In. And in these boats, the goal is you're trying to knock the other boat off its foils right before it it it, it hits the water. But... The timing is crucial because your boat has to be a certain length into the other boat's kind of length before you can actually do anything. You can't just sort of barely have your bow barely, you know, touching where the plane is at the back of the boat. You need to be kind of in there in order to have the right of way. And they didn't quite time it right, and, and it's called an overlap. They didn't get the overlap, which then gives them the right of way, and they can push the other boat around. So they timed that really poorly. And that that's the hook, and and that's a pretty common pre-start tactic, is is to get underneath the other boat and then try and push them up and knock them off their foils. Yeah. Last question for you: the um, the comms, which everybody can hear, that the Italian captain Bruni and Spithill, that they both said in that race they were trying to get to the starboard side, and as you said, classic match racing tactics, trying to keep the other one off. But this is another one I need help with. It said that the final leg occurred. Um, Ineos jibbed away, and Luna Rosa didn't follow. So, what was that little uh, feint about? Yeah. So, so jibing and and tacking. Jibing. Is, yeah, Sorry, jibing and tacking jib. is is turning upwind or downwind. We'll just say turning to make it easy. So, okay. when you're the boat behind, um, obviously following the other boat around is not going to help you. So, what you want to do is you want to do a split. You want to go in the opposite direction of the other boat. And what you're gambling is you go into stronger wind or a different wind direction if you get further enough away, and that'll get you back into the race. So when you jive quickly after turning, what you're trying to do is quickly get away from the boat in front of you so they can't cover you and kind of be sitting on your wind. So what they were doing is they jived quickly because they were trying to get away from the Italian's and and gambling that by sailing away from them, they could find a different patch of wind that the Italians weren't in. So uh, we'll leave you at this. Does, uh, is there any fear now that the timing on the America's Cup might get pushed back over what we have with this new lockdown? Oh, I think it's almost guaranteed. I mean, the, the you know New Zealand has been very um, tough and rigorous in, in, in staying on top of COVID and shutting things down. I, I think this absolutely will push it out. But um, the America's Cup always builds in extra days into their schedule because they have to build in a little buffer for days when there's not enough wind to go sailing. So there's already extra days built into the schedule. So so for now I think they'll they're still within what they consider the the, the dates for the for the America's Cup. That's Christopher Kane. No jive, just jiving. He knows jiving, what's baby. up <laughs> when it comes to sailing. Christopher, thanks for your time and your uh, updates and uh, hopefully uh, we'll get these races in and we'll talk to you next time, buddy. Sounds good, Rick. Appreciate it.
All right, I'm Rick Tittle, and uh, we'll take a quick break, and we'll come on back on Sports Pilot. Have you written a book? You can become a published author with Dorrance Publishing, the nation's oldest publishing services company. Countless authors have trusted Dorrance for nearly a 100 years to bring their book to the market. Our professional team will edit your text, design your book pages, and create an appealing, eye-catching custom cover. Plus, our authors benefit from a custom book promotion marketing campaign that makes your book available where people buy books, like Amazon and brick-and-mortar bookstores. So make this free call right now to claim your your free author's guide to publishing. Don't wait another day. Take one step closer to realizing your dream of becoming a published author and seeing your name in print. You've already written a book, so the next thing to do is make this free call right now to Dorns Publishing and get your free guide to publishing. Call right now. 800-485-6003. 800-485-6003. That's 800-485-6003. Are you paying too much for term life insurance? There's a tremendous price war among the major term life companies. Rates have dropped dramatically in the past few years. For example, a man age 45 non-tobacco user. $1 million of coverage is only $75 per month, level for the next 10 years. Or a man age 50 non-tobacco user can buy a half million dollars of coverage for a monthly premium of only $110. Guaranteed not to change for the next 20 years. That's right, level rates for 20 years. And if you're a smoker, we have great rates for you as well. At the Term Lifeline, we specialize in policies of a half million dollars and above. So if you're looking for new or replacement term life insurance, call right now for a free quote. Rates and availability may vary by state. Sample rate quotes are based on preferred non-tobacco underwriting exam required to qualify. 800-807-1981. 800-807-1981. That's 800-807-1981. Do you own an annuity, either fixed rate, indexed, or variable? Are you paying high fees and getting low returns? If so, Annuity General would like you to have this free book to learn the pitfalls and mistakes of buying an annuity. The Annuity Do's and Don'ts for Baby Boomers contains the little-known truths about annuities, like how to help reduce your fees and increase retirement income. And it's free. That's right, free. As a bonus, we'll also throw in a free annuity rate report just for calling. We researched over 1,000 annuities and summarized rates and benefits from financially strong insurers. You get annuity do's and don'ts for baby boomers and the annuity rate report, both absolutely free for calling Annuity General today. Hurry, supplies are limited. Call now. 800-760-1845. That's 800-760-1845. Oh, come now. Don't be ashamed. (laughs) We all have our idiosyncrasies.
I wish you would try and slap Rick Tittle's mama's face. He would clown you. Thank you for that. A couple minutes left. And now number one of three, you know, Christopher was saying that New Zealand really takes COVID seriously. Uh, their doctors aren't smarter than American doctors. It's just that the people are. I don't think there's too many people in New Zealand going, it's against my freedom to wear a mask. <laughs> By the way, Fangraphs just put out a tweet with their odds on making the postseason. Um, in the American League, the highest odds they have, Yankees at almost 92%. Twins and White Sox and uh, Houston with Toronto fourth. Uh, odds in the National League, uh, the Dodgers nearly 97% chance, they say, and the Padres 93%. The Giants 7.9%. Um, other than that, they have the Mets at 81.2%. Wow. Uh, and then Atlanta. And then in the Central, they're not too excited about the Cardinals, but they still have them winning the division barely over the the Brewers. But the thing that I think is funny is that the A's, the division champs. Oh, by the way, the American League champs, Tampa Bay, 18.6%. But the West division champions, the Oakland A's, uh, they have them at 21.8. 21.8 behind Houston at 71.4 and Anaheim or L.A. at 37.8. Every, every, every year in the last 20 years, the Angels are ranked ahead of the A's. And yet, in, only, in Mike Trout's career, only one of those years, the Angels finished ahead of the A's. The Angels will find a way to throw away yet another of Mike Trout. Remember, we went over this last week, how he's up there with Ty Cobb and, and <laughs> Honus Wagner. Actually, Honus, short for Johannes, but it looks like Honus. So, yeah, go ahead and pick the Angels. And look, on paper, they should be better, but they'll find a way to stink. At least I hope they will. All right, I'm Rick Tittle. we got another two hours. Come on back. USA Radio News with Lance Pride. President Biden on Sunday called on Congress to strengthen gun laws. He added several provisions, including background checks on all gun sales, banning assault weapons and high-capacity magazines, and eliminating legal immunity for gun manufacturers. Antonio Cover with Gun Owners of America tells Fox News this push is nothing more than political grandstanding. Biden's plan to focus on this idea that the AR-15 or rifles is the most important issue just shows that it's more about a political grandstanding standing than actual real solutions. Speaker Nancy Pelosi, the Democrat from California, said Sunday that Congress would work with Biden to enact two background check bills. The mainstream media's most prominent fact-checkers have been silent about Vice President Kamala Harris's debunked claim that the Biden administration did not inherit a coronavirus vaccine rollout plan. Harris directly contradicted White House advisor Dr. Anthony Fauci's remarks last month. We are USA Radio News. Balance of nature's fruits and vegetables in a capsule. Changing the world one life at a time. 
I had begun to notice after 10 days with Balance of Nature, I felt better, more energetic. And believe me, for me, that's something because I have energy anyway. But as old as I am, that was really something to start really noticing. You know, we're all responsible for choosing what our attitudes are, but I had a better mental outlook. I mean, I always try to be positive, but there were subtle things in me that I began to notice. I just felt a difference with this. Get a wide variety of all your daily recommended servings of whole fruits and vegetables without having to leave your home. Right now, Balance of Nature is offering free shipping and 35% off on any new preferred order. Call 1-800-2468-751 or go to balanceofnature.com and use discount code USA. The fallout in Washington, D.C. after the failed impeachment of President Trump is far and wide. USA Radio News' Jeremy Scott has more. Senator Graham tells Chris Wallace on Fox News Sunday that Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell has hurt the party in the 2022 elections by blasting former President Donald Trump, saying it would be used against them in campaign ads. The Senate acquitted Trump of inciting the riot at the U.S. Capitol, falling 10 votes shy of the two-thirds majority. The process they used to impeach this president was an affront to rule of law. He's the first president to ever impeached, be impeached without a lawyer, without a witness, without ability to confront the those against him, and the trial record was a complete joke. Hearsay upon hearsay, and we've opened Pandora's box to future presidents. McConnell said Trump's, quote, crescendo of conspiracy theories caused the insurrection, but he voted to acquit because the Constitution does not permit the Senate to punish someone no longer in office. Seven Republicans found Trump guilty. From the USA Radio News Oregon Bureau, I'm Jeremy Scott. USA Radio News. Now you can fly anywhere in the world and pay discount prices on your airline tickets. Book a flight today to London, Paris, Madrid, or anywhere else you want to go. And pay a lot less guaranteed. Call the International Travel Department right now at low-cost airlines. 800-215-5141. 800-215-5141. That's 800-215-5141. Why is the National Guard still posted in Washington, D.C.? The occupation by protesters last month brought no guns. The New York Times report of a Capitol Police officer being killed by protesters is now said to be misinformation as the newspaper has retracted the actual cause of death to Officer Sicknick. So, why is the National Guard still posted in Washington, D.C.? USA Radio News' Dan Naraki reports. About 6,000 National Guard troops remain in Washington, D.C., protecting the grounds of the U.S. Capitol. But how much longer will those troops and fencing be surrounding Capitol Hill? Some law Lawmakers want an answer to that question from House Speaker Nancy Pelosi. Congressman Devin Nunez says he's seen no information showing that it's necessary for the troops to remain in the Capitol. The California Republican tells Fox News that it's time to send the National Guard home. It's nice to see the military out there. They're great guys and, I'm, and, and women. I mean, thank God that they're there. But the truth is, they don't need to be at the U.S. Capitol. The fact of the matter is, the Guard could have been called in, fences should have been put up before January 6th. We had the intelligence uh, in order to do that. So, so the FBI knew, the FBI related after the Capitol Police. But now moving forward, what I can tell you is, I haven't seen any credible information whatsoever that would lead that we would need uh, all the fencing and all the guardsmen that are still there. They, they need to go home. From the USA Radio News Ohio Bureau, I'm Dan Naraki. Under federal law, the president is the commander-in-chief of the D.C. National Guard. The president authorizes the Secretary of Defense to supervise and control the D.C. Guard while it's in its militia status. USA Radio News, I'm Lance Pry. 
Here's an important COVID-19 school system update for your local area. If you're concerned about your child's education, please pay close attention to this message. The current school systems were not set up for at-home learning. If you're worried that your child may not be getting the grades they need to get ahead, may be losing self-confidence, or you're worried about them getting into a good college because of their grades, help is available to you. Call Grade Potential Tutoring. They can help with in-home or online tutoring and help your child with any subject and every grade level, even for test prep. They're experts in the home tutoring and online tutoring field and confident they can help you and your child get better grades today. Call now for your free consultation. 800-693-8290. That's 800-693-8290. Rick Tittle knows his sports. I hate that guy. I love that guy. Oh my gosh, he's so fine. Rick Tittle brings home the bacon, fries it up in a pan, and then he eats it. Ricky T in the hizzle for shizzle, biznatch. Thank you for joining us on Sports Byline USA. I'm Rick Tittle, starting the third hour of my three-hour daily show, which runs 9 to noon Pacific time, noon to 3 p.m. on the East Coast. And uh, add eight hours from here if you're in the U.K., add nine hours if you're on the continent, subtract three if you're in Hawaii. How about my big fan base in the Philippines? Oh, my gosh, I'm so big in Mindanao and Leyte and... Manila, uh, even though it's 3.07 a.m. in the Philippines right now. I know. 7.07 out there in London. They're a massive star. In Cornwall, they have a whole bunch of Rick Tittle fan clubs, which they get together uh, as well. <clears throat> 1-800-878-PLAY. No alibis. Just ugliness. Let's face it. You ugly girl. Blake Griffin says he wants to get off the Pistons. He wants to go to a contender. I could have been a contender instead of a bum, which is what I am, Charlie. Uh, trading his contract would be virtually impossible. But uh, And he's 31 years old, and he's shooting 36% from the field. I don't know, Blake. Uh, you never know. But then again, if people want Carson Wentz, well, he ain't 31. But <laughs> I don't know. Somebody might take you. I was actually half interested in Blake Griffin a year ago when there were rumors to him to the Warriors, and I thought, oh, why not, you know? Now, eh, I don't think so. But uh, who's to say he wants to get the hell out, and why not let him, right? Nowadays, the NBA, and I'm going to talk about that. Draymond Green, believe it or not, had something to say. Oh, I know. Draymond, very outspoken. He's got his rings. He doesn't care. We'll talk about Dre coming up here, but on the other side, Sherry Steinhauser. To talk about golf. No, that's a good guess, though. Not golf. Pickleball. That's right. Um, we'll talk about garlic pickles, kosher, not kosher, Vlasic. Always a little more crunch to the Vlasic. Can you store them outside the fridge? Yes, you can. Maybe some chili peppers. And just taking a cucumber and pickling it and turning into a pickle. What goes on there? We'll talk about it next. I'm Rick Tittle. Come on back. Do you need to sell your home? 
If you've sold a home before, you remember how stressful and expensive it was. Sold.com is here to help you sell your home for the most money and with the least amount of stress. There are new ways to sell your home that you've never heard of before. Did you know there are companies who will offer you cash for your home? Did you know you could trade in your home for a new one? Did you know there are realtors who will sell your home for a flat fee instead of an expensive commission? It's true. Sold.com services are free. So if you're looking to sell, make this free phone call right now and learn how your next home sale can be faster and easier than you ever thought possible. Pick up your cell phone and call right now. 800-449-1759-800-449-1759-800-449-1759. Again, that's 800-449-1759. Here's an important COVID-19 school system update for your local area. If you're concerned about your child's education, please pay close attention to this message. The current school systems were not set up for at-home learning. If you're worried that your child may not be getting the grades they need to get ahead, may be losing self-confidence, or you're worried about them getting into a good college because of their grades, help is available to you. Call Grade Potential Tutoring. They can help with in-home or online tutoring and help your child with any subject and every grade level, even for test prep. They're experts in the home tutoring and online tutoring field and confident they can help you and your child get better grades today. Call now for your free consultation. 800-693-8290. That's 800-693-8290. Have you written a book? You can become a published author with Dorrance Publishing, the nation's oldest publishing services company. Countless authors have trusted Dorrance for nearly a 100 years to bring their book to the market. Our professional team will edit your text, design your book pages, and create an appealing, eye-catching custom cover. Plus, our authors benefit from a custom book promotion marketing campaign that makes your book available where people buy books, like Amazon and -and brick-and-mortar bookstores. So make this free call right now to claim your free author's guide to publishing. Don't wait another day. Take one step closer to realizing your dream of becoming a published author and seeing your name in print. You've already written a book, so the next thing to do is make this free call right now to Dorns Publishing and get your free guide to publishing. Call right now. 800-485-6003. 800-485-6003. That's 800-485-6003. Titillating Sports with Rick Tittle. Rick Tittle is a genius, the best show ever. He's so wonderful, genius, the best show ever. He's so wonderful. Titillating Sports with Rick Tittle. Rick Tittle is a he's so handsome, he's a genius. All right. Thank you for that. And uh, welcome back to the show. Rick Tittle with you coast to coast and around the globe on American Forces Radio Network. We have one of the all-time greats from the LPGA Tour, Sherry Steinhauer, with us. She won the British Open back in the day. So we're here to talk about, of course, pickleball. And that's because Troon has named Selkirk Sports the first preferred pickleball partner. Uh, Sherry, welcome to the show. 
Uh, how did you get involved in pickleball? <laughs> well, thank you for having me, Rick. Uh, you know, when I first heard uh, the name of the sport, I had no idea what it was. And I thought, well, this sounds crazy. But uh, a fellow uh, golf pro and college teammate of mine, Lisa DiPaolo, introduced me to the game about, about five years ago. And um, I was actually still playing on the Legends Tour at that point, the Senior Tour. And I wasn't quite ready uh, to start playing pickleball. So I said, hey, when I'm done with golf, I'll, I'll check it out. And about a year later, I called her up. We played, and I've hardly missed a day since. It's, you know, it's, for it's me, very it's very addictive. A, a... Yeah, it's, it's you don't need big spaces. You don't need a lot of super no. fancy equipment. The thing that that's that was hard for me at first is that as a former tennis player, I'm used to the ball bouncing, and there's not a lot of right. bounce in these balls, and there's not a lot of give in the racket. It's just a it's a piece of wood. So, how hard was it for you to get acclimated? Well, good thing is I never played tennis. <laughs> so I didn't have that. I didn't have that uh, memory to to think of. Uh, but I actually, when I started playing, I started playing it thinking it was like tennis, though, and just banging the ball. And uh, that wasn't the way to go about it. And I was getting beat by uh, people much older than me, <laughs> and uh, so I had to change the style of the game and slow it down. So it's very, very different from different from tennis but uh i've always liked racket sports and so the you know idea of playing uh pickleball and and seeing how you kind of can pick up on it pretty quickly so that was uh that was encouraging and exciting for me have have you been playing actually i i have played a little bit during covid actually is the first time that I started. And what's funny is I thought that this was like a millennial sport. And then I find out that this sport is as old as I am. It was invented in the, in the sixties is just a way for some dads to keep their kids occupied. Right. Yeah. But it didn't become popular till about 10 years ago. So yeah, it has been around for a long time, but it just really gained in popularity about 10 years ago. And now with, with the tournaments and the pro divisions and, it's just booming. So for you, by the way, we're speaking with Sherry Steinauer. As a, I would think, proud cheesehead, did you not <laughs> become a badger because it was just too close and the idea of hook'em horns was just, I mean, it was too much to resist, huh? <laughs> <laughs> well, if you want to go out and, and play on the tour, I thought I needed to go south. So I, I really am. I, Gosh, I'm grateful for everything that, Texas did for me and had some of the greatest times of my life and and all growing up in Madison, Wisconsin, near the stadium, Camp Randall. I'm always a badger at heart. So, uh, but I had to get away from the snow and uh, to pursue my career. So that's I was fortunate to get a scholarship to the University of Texas. Pretty cool. And just real quick, um, Manuel De La Torre at the Milwaukee Country mm -hmm. Club is yeah. recognized as one of the great teachers. And I know you learned from him, as did a lot of other champion uh, players. 
what was it about his approach? Because uh, I'm not a great golfer, and I've had three different people tell me three entirely different things. Lean forward. No, lean right. back. Hold it this way. Hold it that way. What did, what did Manuel teach you in a nutshell? Yeah, that's, that's really the trick um, uh, to learning golf. It's finding someone who can uh, teach you something that will, that will work under pressure. And that's what Manuel did for me. He taught me a swing that um, that I could that I could use under pressure. It was interesting because growing up, I'd see a I'd I'd get a lesson, and I always came back to home and went out and said, "Dad, I got a lesson. I'm working on something new. Come on out with me." And that put me in a pressure situation because I always wanted to perform well for Dad. So he was like the barometer. So I would go take a lesson and uh, like this one fellow I took from out in California hit the ball. Great. Unbelievable. Best I'd ever struck struck the ball. Came home, said, Dad, let's go out. Nope. Didn't work under pressure. Went to manual and he taught me the swing. And basically his swing is so simple. It's just you set the club in motion and your body follows. And, um, it's a very simple technique, but, um, you know, it takes, takes a while to, to, to groove it. But when I came back to dad, I could do it. I could, I was, I played so well with him and that for me, that was it. I said, he's the one Manuel is, he's amazing. And I, there is no way I would have made it in my career without Manuel. That's great stuff. Back to pickleball, as I mentioned, Troon uh, teaming up with Selkirk Sport. Is this just complete coincidence when I think about the time, you talk about the British Open at the Royal Troon in Scotland. Is (laughs) that a a coincidence? I know. This is crazy. And whoever, ever, I never would have dreamed that this was um, all going to happen, but what a what a great opportunity for Selkirk and I'm so excited for, um, for both of them. And, and, uh, Troon has over 600 properties, including their Cliff Drysdale academies, um, around the world. So, uh, this is going to be wonderful for Selkirk and, and, uh, um, just so happy to be happy to be a part of it. So, um, as we've seen with the Olympics and we get demonstration sports and, and now, you know, rock climbing and skateboarding and maybe even esports, video games, does, does the pickleball community dream as does the cornhole community of becoming an Olympic sport? <laughs> <laughs> of course they do. They have to. <laughs> yeah, for sure. But uh, if, if that were ever to happen, it's going to be a, a long way down the road. So tell me about, last question for you, the equipment, because the, pe- the pickleball uh, club I have is basically just a piece of plywood with a handle. And I'm sure that with the, the Vanguard and some of these other products, you're talking about something a lot better than that, aren't you? Yeah, they've got um, all different surfaces that, that make them different. And, um, you know, the, the higher quality surfaces, the more expensive they're going to they're gonna become. So, um, Selkirk sells, um, their carbon, um, quad surface. Uh, it's a, it's a $200 paddle, but definitely worth it. Um, 
you know, coming from golf, that's, it's, uh, and the equipment was so expensive. So it's, uh, for me, it's just, you know, I'd like to love to play with the best. And, um, I feel like I did on tour playing with the ping, ping irons. And I feel like I am now with the, with the Selkirk equipment. That must've been cool when you were getting your clubs for free after all that time, huh? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It was a lot of fun to go to the ping factory. I'm actually living in Phoenix now and, uh, not too far away. And I think all those days of how many, how much time I spent there testing clubs and, and, uh, it was like a kid in a candy store. So a lot of, a lot of fun, a lot of great memories. There she is. Sherry Steinhauer, of course, made a name for herself uh, uh, worldwide in golf and now a pickleball enthusiast and part of Troon, Troon.com and Selkirk Sport. Check it out. Sherry, thanks for your time, and hopefully we'll catch up down the road. All right. Thanks so much, Rick. Appreciate it. All right. Sure. I'm Rick Tittle, and we have an open segment on the other side. Come on back on Byline. Attention timeshare owners. This is an urgent consumer alert from the Timeshare Exit Hotline, a national company specializing in helping consumers legally get out of their expensive timeshare contracts. We're offering you a way to legally get rid of your timeshare. So if you're fed up with the maintenance fees that keep on coming and want to learn if you can terminate your timeshare legally and permanently, call today. Even if you've tried before and were unsuccessful in getting rid of your timeshare, call today and see if we can help. We offer a complete 100% unconditional client satisfaction guarantee. Make this completely free call and learn how we can help you legally put an end to your timeshare nightmare once and for all. You have nothing to lose, so call right now to qualify and receive a free consultation. 800-880-7167. 800-880-7167. That's 800-880-7167. Paid for by Airtime Media. I'm going to tell you how you can get real health care for as little as $6 a day. Yes, now you can get affordable health care for you and your family immediately and save as much as 50% off your current monthly health care payments. Our plans are perfect for people that are self-employed, can't afford health benefits where they work, or just want to pay less for their current health care. And coverage is guaranteed regardless of your medical condition. We even offer some of the new Christian faith-based health benefits. Save up to 50% on your family's health care. Make a free quick call now. There are no contracts and we give you a 10-day money-back trial period. Call Provision Enrollment right now for your risk-free guaranteed health insurance quote starting at $6 a day. 800-472-5145. 800-472-5145. That's 800-472-5145. Do you owe $10,000 or more on at least two federal student loans? Then you may qualify for new programs offered by the Department of Education. These programs can reduce your interest, lower your payments, and possibly qualify you for loan forgiveness. 
If you have $10,000 or more and at least two federal student loans and currently not in school, you may qualify for one of these programs. Call now to check your eligibility. Student loan advisors are standing by to help you determine if you qualify for these new programs. They can help you reduce your interest, lower your payment, and even forgive a portion of your student loan debt. Take control of your financial future. Make this free five-minute free call now to Nationwide Student Loans and learn how you can reduce your student loan debt. 800-439-7851-800-439-7851-800-439-7851-800-439-7851. I'm sorry, it's the, it's the pleats. It's, a, it's actually an optical illusion. It's the pattern on the pants. The, it's not fl flattering in the, the crotchal region. I'm actually taking them back right now, taking them back to the, the pants store. Tittle is a majestic stallion. That's right, girl. What you got? 1-800-878-PLAY. 1-800-878-7529. Let's get in and let's get heard. What you got? Coming up in the next segment, Aiden and Maxwell Resnick. <clears throat> Some youngsters. It's funny, I heard David Spade say he was at a club and he goes, Yeah, girls, you should hang out with us. I'm with my friends, Rick Pete and Dave, and they went, nah, we're good. He actually threw in Rick. He said, Rick, Pete, and Dave. He said, if I said, hey, my three friends and I, Aiden, Caden, and Jaden, they would have said, sure. <laughs> so we'll talk to Aiden, Caden, and Jaden in the next segment. All right, Draymond Green. <clears throat> this, uh, this got under his craw. So he's going to pull down his mask and let us know what happened. The Warriors crushed the Cavaliers last night, 129-98. And he sat down for his little Zoom meeting, and he immediately went off on the leak. And we'll get to that in a second, but let's go to my main man in New York. It's Charlie. What's going on, Charlie? Hey, I was almost going to call you Ron, as in Ron Tim, but I'll call you Rick. Um, sure. You were talking about... You're talking about the White Sox so I had a brain fart for a second. Uh, I want to talk about what you were saying about the A's in the, early in the show. about uh, well, As soon as they signed uh, Romo, and uh, my immediate thought was, I don't know if you're familiar with an apartment store called Filene's Basement. It no. be but yeah, it's an East Coast place. It's, it's where you basically get all the knockoffs and all the uh, bottom of the bin type of stuff. It's... it's uh, it's just where you, you know, bargain basement shopping. So the place was called Filene's Basement. And mm -hmm. uh, that's exactly what the A's do. That's why I'm, well, I'm not surprised Felix Hernandez is on this team. Um, but with regards to the A's, they made a trade with the Dodgers. Is there anything you could tell us about the guy they obtained? Koseric, I think his name is. Adam Koseric. Uh, it, it's uh, it's Choleric. Um, choleric, Choleric. Yeah, yeah, some people call him Choleric, but no, I... Caleric is a he's a good pitcher. Um, 
the uh, I, I think I mean he's he's a little up there. He's like 32 years old, but I mean last season his ERA was under one. The season before that it was under four, under four. He's a pretty useful guy. In the playoffs he was terrible, but he got a ring out of it. Um, and the guy they gave up Sheldon Noisy, as we know, is our fifth prospect. But I guess they figured the thing that makes it sad if they just said, look, we don't we don't think that. You know, he's ever going to make it because he can only play third and we're going to sign Chapman. I'm being like, okay, we'll get something for him. But the thing that makes me sad is they thought, well, hey, we have Jed Lowry, so now we can trade him. I know. That's exactly what I thought. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's exactly what I thought. Also, um, uh, sticking with the A's, locally, on the local, a couple of local radio stations, uh, and I've read this online, that the, um, I don't know if you've heard anything about it. But the Mets are sort of giving up on Chris Bryant, and they're really pushing hard uh, with the A's for Chapman, trying to make a trade for him. Have you heard anything about that? Um, I heard that mentioned, but the the funny thing is, on the one hand, I remember when Eric Chavez was winning his gold gloves and the Yankees didn't have a third baseman, and in the New York press it said, Yankees will get Chavez. And I thought, well, you know, the A's have to be on board with this trade. (laughs) Um, yeah, so right, it's right, it's very, as you know, it's very New York to just think that everybody else is your farm team, and you think, well, we'll exactly. just get that guy. Why would, why wouldn't he want to come to New York? But the scary thing is, is that you're talking about an A's team that traded Donaldson and Gio Gonzalez before their arb years. So anything's possible. I I, I want to laugh it off, but I can't laugh it off when Billy Bean is still there. Right, because he always tends to tra- trade these players uh, at their peak or at their highest value, and maybe mm-hmm. he thinks he can get the, a boatload because I think he has Chapman has three more years of control. So, right. uh, yeah, that would be shameful. I mean, I don't, I'm, I don't follow the Mets. I don't know what they have in their farm system. I don't know what they would want in return. But, yeah, it's just, you know, being just another, <laughs> another disappointing rumor you hear being an A's fan forever. Anyway, that's all I got, Rick. I wanted to touch base. All right. See you later. Buddy. Thanks for the call, Charlie. I appreciate it. That's uh, Charlie back there in New York City. <clears throat> Look, it's always scary when you hear, because you know, especially with Scott Boros as his agent, the most they're going to get out of Chapman is three more years, and do we really think they're going to get that many years out of him? I doubt it. All right. Um, Draymond Green. So he, the Warriors beat the Cavs. He sits down. How'd the game go? Yeah, the game was fine. But he said, he didn't want to talk about the game. He said, quote, I would like to talk about something that's really bothering me. It's the treatment of players in this league. To watch Andre Drummond, Cavaliers center, before the game, sit on the sideline and go back and come out in street clothes because a team is going to trade him is bull S. Because when James Harden asked for a trade and essentially dogged it, I don't think there was no surprise. No one is going to fight the fact that James was dogging it in his last days in Houston, but he was castrated for wanting to go to a different team. Everybody destroyed that man. And yet a team can come out and say, we want to trade a guy. And then that guy has to go sit. And if he doesn't stay professional, then he's a cancer and he's not good in someone's locker room. That's the issue. End quote. So um, Draymond is perturbed at what he perceives as a double standard existing among fans and media as it relates to that whole dynamic between the front office and the players. And <clears throat> do players get savaged 
like Harden did for voicing their desires? Yeah, and I think rightfully so when you have a contract and you cry your way off a team. But what Draymond is saying is how come management doesn't get savaged by saying, yeah, I think we're done with this guy. <clears throat> and Drummond, by the way, was on the bench because they're trying to trade him and they don't want him to turn his ankle, I guess. But Green thinks that's hypocritical. And he goes on, quote, and I've seen situations, Harrison Barnes getting pulled off the bench or DeMarcus Cousins finding out that he's traded in an interview after the All-Star game and we continue to let this happen. But I got fined for stating my opinion and what I thought should happen with another player. But teams come out and continue to say, oh, we're trading guys. We're not playing you. And yet we're to stay professional. At some point as players, we need to be treated with the same respect and have the same rights that the team can have. Because as a player, you're the worst person in the world when you want a different situation. But a team can say they're trading you and that man is supposed to stay in shape. He's supposed to stay professional. And if he doesn't, his career is on the line. And at some point, this league has to protect the players from embarrassment like that. And uh, he concludes, we talk all this stuff about you can't do this. You can't say that publicly. And if you say that publicly, Anthony Davis got fined, I think, 100000 for demanding a play trade publicly. It was 50000 But you can say Andre Drummond's getting traded publicly and we're looking to trade him publicly, and he's to stay professional and just deal with it. But then Kyrie Irving says, my mental health is off. Everybody goes crazy about that, too. Do you not think that affects someone mentally as much as we put into this game to be great, to come out here and be in shape, to produce for fans every single night, and most importantly, to help your team win? Do you think that doesn't affect someone mentally? But as players, we're told, you can't say that. You can't say this. But teams can. It goes along the same lines of everybody wants to say, oh, man, that young guy can't figure it out. But no one wants to say the organization can't figure it out. At some point, to players to be respected in these situations, and it is ridiculous that I'm sick of seeing it, and y'all have a great night, and I'll see y'all tomorrow or Wednesday. So, you know, listen, I understand what he's saying, and I don't think there's going to be a lot of sympathy when players say, I don't like it here anymore. And I think that's understandable. But what he's saying is when a team is like, yeah, that guy's not working out. I think we're going to get rid of him. He's saying, why is it okay for teams to do that? Well, what I would say to Draymond, as much as I get where he's coming from, it's just the old employer-employee thing. If the, if the employee is in the same position of power as the employer, then I get it. But if your boss says, I don't think you're hacking it here, I'm going to hire somebody new. You can't say, well, how come I'm not the boss? Why do you get to pick? How come I'm not in charge? How come I can't fire you? Okay, well, does that make sense in a business world? I don't know, in fairness on the playground maybe, but in a business setting, if the president of IBM files, uh, fires the mailboy, the mailboy can't say, well, that's not fair. I should fire you. How come you get to fire people? So I understand where Dre's at. I don't know if I disagree. I don't know if I agree with him completely, though. All right, come on back on SportsBot. Who's watching? Tell me who's watching. Who's watching me?
set it down over there, and then go to Bay 5. Indeed knows unexpected growth can stretch your business thin. Really need to keep going to like Amir's warehouse. To expand capacity, he needs to get started hiring right, right away. I need Indeed. Indeed you do. And the moment you sponsor a job on Indeed, you get a short list of quality candidates from our resume database. Visit Indeed.com slash credit and get a $75 credit for your first sponsored job post. Terms and conditions apply. We are the Debt Destroyer Network. Any debt you have, credit card, tax, student loan debt. Call now for free information that helps you destroy your debt. It's great advice. Plus, when you make this free call now, we have debt destroyer experts ready to help. They can show you how to destroy your debt and get your life back on track. Debt problems don't have to be overwhelming. You can live stress-free and debt-free. Credit cards, medical bills, IRS tax problems, even student loan debt. Learn about free programs offered by the credit card companies, hospitals, and even the government that can help slash your debt. Call the Debt Destroyer now for free information. Call now. 877-360-0402-877-360-0402-877-360-0402. That's 877-360-0402. At 28, I had struggled with opiate and meth addiction for 12 years. I did and said things that the sober me never would have done. One day I realized I was not invincible. I was not exempt. And that's when a friend told me about elite rehab placement. They gave me the tools I needed to get sober. And all it took was the one phone call. Elite Rehab can help you start to break your addiction problem and get sober in as little as seven days. And we'll work with your insurance provider to help cover the costs. Plus, we have travel assistance programs to get you here by plane or train. Make this free call right now to learn more. 800-403-5912. That's 800-403-5912. What's in store this week at your local Staples? Big deals on paper that are kind of a big deal. That's because Staples has just reduced their everyday prices on true red paper. And so right now, a ream of Staples true red copy paper is only $3.99 every single day. Just $3.99 for a ream of true red copy paper makes every day a great day to save at Staples. Shop in store or pick up curbside and save big with everyday low prices on paper at Staples. Limit three. Curbside available at most stores. It doesn't really matter. I, uh, I don't like my job, and uh, I don't think I'm going to go anymore. Tittle thinks there's a direct correlation between dogs and lightning. Uh, I think a lot of dumb stuff. Hey, welcome back to the show. Rick Tittle with you coast to coast and around the world on the American Forces Radio Network. 
We're quite uh, happy now to be joined by authors Aiden and Maxwell Resnick. They are twins. They are seniors in high school. And their new book, which is on shelves right now, is called The Stats Game, A Deep Dive into Sports Analytics in the Modern Era. Gentlemen, welcome to the show. Let's start with you, Aiden. How much, um, this book's been out now for a couple months, so how much pushback and praise have you got? Like, how many people are saying, oh my gosh, this, these kids are the next Bill James, we got to listen to them, and how much do you get, ah, these millennials and their numbers, they don't know sports. Where, where are we with the reception so far? Well, thank you so much for having us. We really uh, appreciate it. Um, yeah, I would say overall the support has been very overwhelming so far. Um, you know, a lot of family and friends have been reading our book who, you know, they might not be the biggest sports fans, but they're, they're very interested in supporting us. Um, but we've also had a lot of conversations with people who uh, really understand sports and sports analytics. And, you know, I wouldn't say there's a lot of negative feedback, but we've definitely gotten quite a few suggestions for, you know, where to go in the future. There's This is definitely sort of a, a relatively uh, – I guess somewhat of an introduction to sports analytics and it teaches people a, a lot of the fundamentals, but there are obviously ways to go deeper. And so that's probably where most of our uh, advice has been. So Maxwell, what do you think about the fact that, you know, they say you can't measure heart and you got to give the eye test. And if anybody, you know, a, a math nerd could be a manager if at all it was, was numbers. So how much of it is analytics and how much of it is hunches and looking at a guy with your own eyeballs. Okay, so I think you raise an interesting point, is that, yes, uh, not everything can be quantified in a box score or on a stat sheet. Uh, the second chapter of the book is actually titled, Do Not Exclude Qualitative Analysis. And that kind of speaks to what analytics in general is. Now, there's this misconception that analytics is just the study of numbers. But the way I like to think of it, it, it is a lot more the study of information as a whole. Now, granted, I would say an overwhelming majority of, of information is in, in, I guess, numerical form, but there is still factors uh, to a player or a team that should be taken into account that do, do not show up um, on a box score. I think um, that you raise a very interesting point there. And there, as to the eye test, I mean, the eye test is something that both of us as well as several statisticians are very against, because what it does is it, in large part, it causes biases. Now, unless someone is able to fixate on one player in every single play they make in a single season, which is very not feasible, um, then it's really hard to accurately judge a player. That's why stats, and not basic box score stats, but more advanced, uh, precise, and refined metrics are, are the, the way to go in terms of player and team analysis. Very interesting. Aiden, you know, there are a couple of new things I want to ask you guys about. One of them is in the NFL – which is basically go for it on fourth down, you know, when you're by the goal. And, and we even saw it in the Super Bowl. It, it bit the Bucks in the butt. It didn't end up costing them, but they could have had three points and they went for a touchdown. Uh, the analytics will say, always go for the touchdown, especially when you're playing against Mahomes. And I always think, hey, it's the first quarter. Just kick a damn field goal. What do you think about that? Yeah, so um, that's a really, really interesting debate in the, I guess, sports universe because, you know, a lot of, Head coaches are really used to punting when it's fourth and anything but a few a few, uh, a few yards when you're, I guess, in the opponent's territory. Um, but what I think 
uh, sort of a mindset that uh, Max and I have adapted that I think is very interesting is thinking of punts as another form of a turnover. Now, it's a little less extreme because it's already fourth down, so your chance of giving the ball to the other team is already slightly higher than it would be on, say, like a first down interception. But if you think of punts as another turnover, which that's basically what they are, you're turning the ball over to another team, it sort of opens, uh, I guess, opens your eyes up to a lot of new possibilities. And, you know, I think when you approach a set of downs as, you know, we have four downs to pick up 10 yards instead of we have three downs to pick up 10 yards, uh, it opens the door for a lot of new possibilities of play combinations, of play calls, of very creative options. Um, And so I think, you know, there's a lot of math behind it. And we could talk for uh, days about, you know, when to punt, when to go for it, uh, depending on game score, field position and so on. But when you really just think about what a punt truly means, I think seeing it as uh, another form of a turnover really uh, makes it more of an interesting debate. It is interesting. It is a turnover, although you might push the other team 50 yards further away from their goal. Maxwell, let me ask you about another thing that bugs me, and that is the onset of the opener in Major League Baseball, which kind of started with Tampa Bay. They had had some injuries, and they thought, well, let's just use this guy. And I know the A's tried it with Liam Hendricks in the wild card game, and he was horrible against the Yankees. Um, I just, uh, it's weird for me to bring in your starting pitcher in the second or the third inning. And that's because I'm wired this way. Are you pro or con, or do you have any opinion on the opener? Right. So the opener in baseball is a very, very, very modern concept. It is something that originated a couple years ago. Um, personally, I am, for the most part, in favor of the opener, but it's important to note that every situation is different. Now, the reason I'm in favor is because there's this new push and a very, uh, I guess, justified push in Major League Baseball to, to not throw a starting pitcher three times through the order. And a lot of times that means you may only get five innings out of him, which is not necessarily ideal in terms of uh, saving your bullpen and not throwing too many arms in one game. But the logic behind the opener is pretty sound. Let's say a team has a very, very strong reliever who they feel confident has a chance to, like Liam Hendricks. I mean, yes, Hendricks did not pitch well in that individual game, but he is currently arguably the best reliever in baseball right now. So let's say you throw Liam Hendricks for the first inning. Now there's a good chance he faces one, two, three, and four hitters. So four of, if not the best hitters on, on a team. Um, then the next inning you bring in a starter. That starter starts with five, six, seven, eight, nine, and then it goes back to the top, right? So when that starter reaches his third time through the order, instead of facing a team's best hitters, he will likely be facing the fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth, and ninth hitters, right? So that may allow him to get one more inning. That that's very and, and personally that's a very creative approach to, to it. Now, let me also say, I mean, Garrett Cole, who's arguably the best pitcher in baseball right now, is very against the opener. He says that he, he is not willing to, to come in. He, he's basically indicated that he is not a fan of, of starting a game in the second inning. And yes, that, that is a reasonable thing to, thing to say, but not every pitcher is Garrett Cole. There are several pitchers whose numbers seriously decline the third time through the order. So in large part, it doesn't really make sense to, to necessarily throw them just in, in, into the heat of things initially. Now, Openers are very tricky. There's no, I guess, one correct answer. But in large part, I would advise you to try to open your mind to it a little more and try to understand in what ways it actually benefits the starting pitcher. Because it, 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 in, in the end, it'll likely allow the starting pitcher to cover more innings. Very interesting. A couple more questions for Aiden and Maxwell Resnick about their new book, The Stats Game. 
Aiden, for many years, there was a catcher in baseball named Jeff Mathis that hung around, and you would look at him and you'd say, you know, he's he doesn't have a great arm, and he's okay at framing or behind the backstop, but he'll hit about, you know, 190. But the thing is, whenever Mathis caught, the staff ERA went down more than a run. So what about finding those little hidden stats where you look at a guy and you say, that guy's no good, but you go, no, no, when he catches, the pitchers pitch way better. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, and so I think that's a really good example. So Jeff Mathis is someone who's you know n- has never been – quite a very strong hitter and I think you see that with a lot of players in sports where you know one aspect of the game that's incredibly um that's incredibly I guess look like just valued and and by organizations uh these players don't necessarily shine in them but it's really important to always to find or to look at the whole uh the whole picture and you know I think Max was talking a little bit earlier about how you know analytics is really just the collection and the the study of information and um, I think when you, the way the sort of the metaphor we like to use is how uh, every player or every team or any puzzle you're trying to solve is quite literally a puzzle uh, a puzzle with pieces and so yes I think when you're looking at a player like Jeff Mathis uh, maybe you know quite a bit of quite several of those pieces per se will be offense but um, I, th- I think just because that's what's sort of sh- always shown in the statue, you know, when Jeff Mathis is up at the plate, uh, they'll put a graphic on television that shows his batting average, his home runs, uh, usually not the most flashy stats. But um, when you have these players who uh, excel at maybe the 10 most under-talked about pieces of the puzzle, those are the ways you can win championships with finding undervalued players. You saw that in Moneyball with finding players who just got on base more than power hitters. Um, and yeah, I think that's really just how I would say, uh, teams should operate in finding little, I guess, diamonds in the rough. Well, one thing I'll add quickly is that, uh, you mentioned that maybe perhaps the team's ERA jumped up perhaps when Mathis was catching games, but there are much more refined ways to evaluate a player's defense. Now there's this statistic, you can find it on, um, fangraphs.com, which is a fantastic source for baseball analytics. Um, that, that estimates how many runs a player saves on, on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, since 2008, uh, I'm just going to read his defensive run save totals. 7, 7, 7, 11, 7, 9, 8, 1, 8, 7, 20. So oh, for a full decade, he was one of the, he was a, a very, very valuable defender. So yeah, at the plate, he, he could make a case that he's arguably the worst hitter in MLB history, but he really did provide a lot of value behind the plate. Very interesting. Last question. I'll throw it back to you, Aiden. Where do you sit with team chemistry? Obviously, men get along or they don't get along, but they also say winning solves everything. So what about the sort of spacey idea of team chemistry? Yeah, and so I think the example that both Max and I like to talk about here is, you know, I guess the NBA over the past decade, mainly, I guess, five years ago, you have, you know, you have the Golden State Warriors. This is, I guess, before Kevin Durant went there. Uh, You have, you know, the best players are Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, Draymond Green. And then you also have a team like the Los Angeles Clippers with uh, Chris Paul, Blake Griffin, DeAndre Jordan. Um, You know, I think if you look at the talent on those teams, both teams had solid depth. um, And you look at the talent there, not a drastic difference per se, but, um, you know, you look at the success of those teams and the Warriors just blew the Clippers out of the water. So um, I think chemistry is something that it's a perfect example of something that cannot be quantified, um, but that doesn't mean it's not important. And you look at teams, you look at, you know, I guess more than chemistry is also leadership. It's also just the the overall team culture and the organization. Um, 
I think when you have uh, a team that plays well together, that looks out for each other, that wants to win as a team, uh, that's far more valuable than anything you could see. And you saw, I think JJ Redick after the Clippers sort of broke apart um, said that the reason the Clippers didn't go far is, you know, they never really figured it out in the locker room and they never really played together well together. Whereas, you know, the Warriors might not have been the most talented team of all time before Kevin Durant came, but they won the most games in the regular season in NBA history. And so uh, when you have that, that could really make a difference. Yeah. And one, one more anecdote is I think in, in large part, and we talked about this a bit in the book, but the media is responsible for, for, for misconstructing narratives in a large part. I mean, not necessarily their fault, but they aren't in a locker room and neither, neither am I for, for the most part. So I, I think it's important to like take the Brooklyn Nets, for example. I mean, we've all heard the, these narratives such as, oh, how could the Nets work? All three guys need the ball in their hands. Oh, Kyrie Irving, like, does he even want to be there? Or James Harden's not going to want to give up his shots. And I mean, so far, I mean, that, that's just been completely debunked. I mean, uh, James Harden's completely sacrificed his shots. Kyrie Irving told James Harden that he could handle the point guard duties for the team. So in large part, I mean, yes, the, the, these chemists, it is very, very, it cannot be understated. I mean, in any industry, having good chemistry in the workplace cannot possibly be, uh, un, uh, cannot possibly be overvalued. Uh, but with that said, I think it's important to detect when there truly is chemistry issues and also perhaps when it's just a phony media narrative like sometimes we see. Fascinating stuff from twins Aiden and Maxwell Resnick. The book available now, The Stats Game, a deep dive into sports analytics in the modern era. And uh, these guys are going places. Gentlemen, thank you for your time. Continued success. And let's catch up down the road. Of course. Thank you so, so much, much for having me. We appreciate it. Uh, all right. Great stuff. Man. Those kids are smart. I'm Rick Tittle. Come on back. Learn how thousands of smart homeowners are investing about a dollar to avoid expensive home repair bills. John, a former non-customer, said, My air conditioner broke and I had to spend $1,900 to fix it. Jeff, a customer, wrote, My air conditioner broke and I got a new one at no out-of-pocket cost. Mary, a former non-customer, wrote, My heating system stopped running. I had to spend $3,000 to get a new one. Lisa, a customer, wrote, my heater stopped working. I got it fixed at no out-of-pocket cost. For about $1 a day, you can have all the major appliances and systems in your home guaranteed fixed or replaced with HSC's home warranty coverage. Call now, and the first month is free. If the lines are busy, please call back. 800-410-4771. 800-410-4771. 800-410-4771. That's 800-410-4771. Attention to anyone that's written a book or wants to write a book. The process is not that complicated. Take a first step. Even if you write a page a day, you'll build momentum and your book will become a reality. The hard part is getting it published. That's when you need to call Page Publishing. They've got hundreds and hundreds of thank yous from different new authors just like you. They make the process of publishing your new book and getting it sold online a simple process. You can learn how 
simple it is right now by calling for your free page publishing new author submission kit. One quick three-minute phone call, that's all it takes to get free information and learn how you can get your book published. Pick up your phone right now and call us 24 hours a day at this number. 800-603-0885. 800-603-0885. That's 800-603-0885. Airlines have just reduced their prices even more. Book 30 days in advance and save big. Want the absolute lowest prices on your airline tickets? Then call the low-cost airlines travel hotline right now. For prices so low, we can't publish them anywhere. The only way to access our low rates and save up to 70% is to call. Save hundreds on your vacation tickets by calling right now. You can fly anywhere in the world and pay discount prices on your airline tickets. Book a flight today to London, Paris, Madrid, or anywhere else you want to go. And pay a lot less guaranteed. Call the International Travel Department right now at low-cost airlines. 800 754 45 That's 800-754-4531. Business heals all wounds. I mean, look at our relationship with Germany or Japan. Who can even remember what all the fuss was about? Tittle, you done broke my heart, but I still take you back. You hella fine. All right. Uh, thank you for that. By the way, um, the Vincent Jackson interview I did with Roger Staubach at Super Bowl 50, we're going to put that up on the uh, website. Uh, man, those brothers, those Resnick brothers, I don't think they're going to be going to SUNY Stony Brook. <laughs> I think we're talking about the Massachusetts, Massachusetts Institute of Technology. But, uh, yeah, maybe the A's can hire those guys. Seriously. Um, out of the mouths of babes. They, I, think they, I think they probably know more than the A's do right now. All right. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you tomorrow at 9 a.m. Pack time. Coming up next, Sports Talk. We don't have brain damage. (laughs) (laughs) Great way to end the show.